Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 143, Just a Sip to Study the Taste. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Jesse as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. It's always great to have another podcaster, so I have to, once again, have to be on my best behavior. Uh, I'm not sweating. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Today's not all about that. It's all about you, Jesse. And before we jump into the topic of being a whiskey enthusiast, which you contacted me and you see I had so much to share. And I'm like, okay, I got to save this for the podcast. Who is Jesse? Yeah, like you said, I'm a podcaster. I host uh, the podcast Manly Matters, where I talk about trying to break down some of the stigmas of uh, toxic masculinity, if you will, and uh, have guests on who have something positive to offer in uh, the world for men, ultimately, and try to give a good guiding light for men and boys on how to embrace their manliness and embrace their masculinity in a healthy way so that it doesn't in turn turn toxic like we hear nowadays. That's one thing. I'm actually in the Air Force as well. Um, I'm from South Georgia. Uh, yeah, I've been in the Air Force for 10 years now. I live in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. So, and I enjoy whiskey. Yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta mention whiskey, of course. That's why you're here. But that's awesome. Yeah, of course. Well, you made a perfect segue to my next question. Do you have any social media links, websites, or even, I don't know, let's say a podcast, which you already mentioned. I know I'm not going to ask it again, but if you want to throw it in again, you know, just right after, you might as well, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Manly Matters is my podcast. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, at Manly Matters Media. So that's where you can find me. Um, also, I'm on Facebook. My personal, you know, is just Jesse Turner. Look me up. Perfect. I'll put that in the description below so people can go check you out and show some love and just follow your journey. And now we're going to get to the sticky, icky, gooky, I don't know. No, wait, no, it's not even sticky. Uh, let's get to the good stuff. The whiskey. <laughs> I don't know why I said sticky, <laughs> icky. It's just the first thing. Well, that... I mean, if you spill it, it will be. Yeah. If you spill it and don't clean it up, then it becomes sticky, icky. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then you probably had too much. Yeah. Yeah. Which once again, it's good to drink responsibly. I feel like this is a PSA, like kind of like drinks responsibly. Absolutely. Kids. Or don't, no, not kids. No, no. Uh, adults. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to stop talking. We're going to talk about your hobby of whiskey. So how did you actually get introduced to the world of whiskey? So funny enough, I like when I grew up and I hit 21 and uh, started, you know, exploring, drinking a little bit. Actually, funny enough, whiskey was the one drink I would not drink. I've tried it a couple of times and I just didn't enjoy it. And so I was kind of a beer guy, you know, but um, and that kind of segues me to I, I got really unresponsibly intoxicated off of whiskey one time as well. And, uh, and it just really kind of ruined the flavor for me. It ruined the, you know, when you eat too much of something, you get sick off of it and you just can't taste it anymore. That, that kind of thing. So my whole life, I grew up just kind of being a, a beer snob. Honestly, um, I kind of only enjoyed like craft beers and, you know, things like that. I've always been a, the kind of person that I don't really like to drink to, to be altered. Um, and that kind of goes back to, sidetracking a little bit. My, my father's actually a recovered uh, alcoholic who runs a rehabilitation center now. And so growing up around that, I decided, you know, I don't want to ever use alcohol as a coping mechanism or use it as a tool to escape reality. I wanted to only use it as something I enjoy, something I enjoy the flavor of. So that way, when I'm out with people and you're at a bar or you're at a restaurant and, and everybody's you know drinking, I'll have one or two of a drink I really enjoy. So that that way it's attached to just relaxing, enjoying and not, you know, to getting altered, getting inebriated or, you know, a coping mechanism, like I said. But fast forward into to let's see, it was Christmas of this past year, actually. Uh, my boss, he was talking about whiskey one day and and he has 
I think over 300 bottles. He's like a collector. Wow. And yeah. And I told him, well, I don't really drink whiskey at all. And he was kind of aghast. And he's like, you don't drink any whiskey ever. I said, no, I don't. I, I just don't enjoy it. And he said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to change your mind. I was like, well, I'm not trying to become, <laughs> you know, become some whiskey alcoholic, you know, but he bought me a bottle for Christmas, actually. Or I say he bought me, I think he gave me a bottle from his collection. It was a pretty nice bottle of whiskey. And he said, listen, you don't have to drink the whole thing. He's like, this is a pretty nice bottle. Just take it home. Try it. If you don't like it, no big deal. You know, um, but if you do, we'll have something we could talk about. I said, OK, so I tried it, didn't really enjoy it, waited about a week. And I'm like, well, I'll try one more glass this time. Hated it a little less, <laughs> I guess. And then what I started to do is I started to dive into kind of the science and the history behind whiskey. And I got really interested in it and really intrigued by kind of everything that's involved with whiskey. And so I think that appreciation made me want to be able to enjoy it more. So then when I tried that third glass, it, it, this is, sounds kind of cheesy, but I could almost like taste the history and the, you know, everything that went into it and all this kind of stuff. And I was able to start enjoying it a little more and start picking out certain things. Whereas before I was just, you know, tasting whiskey to taste whiskey. But when I started learning about the different flavors and the different things that go into it, the different processes, then you start to appreciate it a little bit more. And, and uh, it, it opens up a whole new world, I guess, for you. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but whiskey is one of those drinks you really got to just take your time to drink. You don't necessarily just want to take a shot of whiskey. You got to just relax in the right. moment. So, and that gives you the chance to deconstruct the, the flavors, how it's made. And like you said, you studied the history of it. Like, mm, this is this is like you're, you're studying in your mouth, more or less. And yeah. it just led me to wonder, like, how did your boss know this was out of his 300 bottles? Like, you know what? This is the one. He might not like it at first, but he'll grow to like it. I have no idea. He he is like a a whiskey sommelier, which those are like the whiskey experts. I mean, he can he his knowledge and his nose and his palate is just insane for whiskey. So um, he just picked the right one. And and actually, it's for anyone out there. If you do want to try to get into the tasting and appreciation of whiskey, um, it's it's a brand called Eagle Rare, and they're not a sponsor, but they're uh, it's a very friendly gentle bourbon and bourbons are a little more friendly to begin with um, for beginners, I would say, but this one's especially friendly, uh, especially mellow and smooth. So I think he just knew that that one had a little less bite to it. It was a little more for novices and it was it, nail on the head. Actually, speaking of which, have you ever done that for somebody else where let's say your friend's like, okay, I think he might be interested in whiskey. This is going to be the bottle for him. This is going to be the type of whiskey he'll enjoy or she'll enjoy. So I have a friend who is, he's a big whiskey guy, right? Um, but he, well, whiskey and rum, but he's kind of a, and there's nothing wrong with this. And, and hopefully I can address this a little bit later, but he's more of a Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, very, you know, well-known popular brand whiskey and he likes rum. And so, uh, we were hanging out one night and I was like, you ever drink scotch? And he said, no, I hate scotch. And I'm like, okay, well, what scotches have you tried? It's like, well, I've tried a couple of Johnny Walkers and there's nothing wrong. There's a reason it's probably the most popular scotch in the world, but it's kind of the mainstream scotch. And so I said, well, what didn't you like about it? And, and he kind of broke down what he didn't like about it. And I said, well, would you be willing to try one? And I have. And he said, OK, I'll, I'll try it, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to like it. Well, <laughs> this is a very different kind of scotch from Johnny Walker. And he tried it and it's a reasonably expensive scotch, but he tried it and he's like, holy cow, this is really good. 
And so we didn't talk for about a week or so. And I called him up one day just to, you know, just to chat. And he's like, man, he's like, I went out and bought three bottles <laughs> of that scotch. I'm like, that's a, that's a $90 bottle of scotch. And he's like, yeah, I bought three of them. I'm like, my gosh. So he, uh, so I did turn him on to a different type of whiskey. Man, like I just, I could just imagine like him after just taking the sip and just trying it out that whole week. He's like, damn it, Jesse, what have you done? <laughs> I can't get this taste out of my mouth. It's just so good. What's funny is he was like, do you mind if I get another glass? I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, you know, I poured him a, a second glass and then, you know, we're talking and um, we're actually grilling at a friend's house. He's like, how much was that bottle? And I'm like, well, it was, it was about $90. He's like, dang. I'm like, well, he's like, I really want another glass. I'm like, well, get another glass. He's like, no, I mean, that's really expensive. That's like, you know, $6 a glass. I'm like, it's fine. Take another one. You know, so he, um, so yeah, I turned him, him on and now he's a, a scotchaholic, I guess. And, um, so this is another side note. I don't know if you've ever considered doing this or have you ever done this, but you have tried all these different types of whiskey. Have you ever decided to make your own? There are a lot of rules and regulations with that. And so like doing home brewing for beer is really easy. It's legal. You know, you can go and buy a homebrew kit and do it. But there's a lot of red tape with actually distilling whiskey, because essentially if you're if you're distilling whiskey without aging it, then it's moonshine. So that's essentially what moonshine is. It's just quickly distilled, not aged whiskey. So with that, if I basically there'd be a whole big setup I'd have to get. And and there's a lot of legalities with that. And to be honest with you, I haven't even looked at all of it, but um, I definitely don't want to uh, do anything that's going to have the ATF knocking on my door anytime soon. Okay. So speaking about like the aging process, what is the oldest whiskey you have ever tried? And you're like, you know what? This was amazing. I've tried a 20 year scotch and it was phenomenal. Funny story about this is there's a difference in aging like a scotch and aging American whiskey. So scotch, I guess I'll give a little history lesson real quick or a little science lesson. So scotch has to be done in Scotland. That's why it's the term scotch, right? So that's the only place in the world a scotch can be made. A bourbon can only be made in America. There's no other place in the world that can make bourbon. Um, same for Tennessee whiskey, which Tennessee whiskey is just a bourbon, but distilled through charcoal. Um, it's called the, uh, like the James County process, I think, or, or something like that. But, but they, they um, essentially run it, they filter it through charcoal. And that's Tennessee whiskey, which is Jack Daniels. So when you age a scotch, the longer you age it, the more mellow it gets. When you age a bourbon, the longer you age it, the sharper and stronger it gets. And the reason that is, is because of the different climates. So in Scotland, it's very cold and, you know, very moderate temperature there. So as you age, you don't lose a whole lot of the actual liquid to evaporation. In Kentucky, where it's a lot warmer than it is in Scotland, as you're aging it, what happens is you start to lose some of the moisture and the barrel the barrel absorbs more moisture. And so when you pull it out after the aging process, you've got significantly less liquid than what you put in. And the amount you lose is actually called the uh, angel share. And so as you age it in America, like I said, it gets a lot stronger. So that's why typically when you look at bourbons or you look at Tennessee whiskeys, you don't see some of their age like 20, 25 years, things like that, because realistically, they're just sharper, stronger. But scotches, you can age for a lot longer. and They get more mellow, more flavorful. Um, so, yeah, I had a 20 year age scotch and it was phenomenal. This is actually a weird segue to my following question that I did not write down, but I'm always super curious. It is, has it always been the same process to make whiskey throughout the generations and generations, or there's like a new modern way to make it 
whether it improved it or made it worse that you think about? Yes and no. So when you're talking about some of the smaller whiskey companies, uh, they typically kind of use the tried and true method. But when you when you're talking about like the mass produce, like Jack Daniels, you know, uh, t- uh, Jim Beam, even things like Jameson in Ireland. Um, oh, that's another type of whiskey that mentioned. Irish whiskey is different than the rest of those. It can only be made in Ireland, obviously. But um, but I know I, I watched this tour of the uh, Jameson facility, and they were showing all the new complexities of some of the new machinery and the distilling processes that they have. And it's definitely come a long way um, from you know your copper stills in your backyard of the moonshine days. But um, but yeah, no, some of the some of the smaller companies, they are they still kind of use the tried and true method just on a little bit larger scale. And is there one that you prefer more than the other? Like it's like, oh, I prefer the taste of this method compared to this method. Can't really tell that much of a difference. <laughs> I don't think I, I think it's more in the you can really tell. So it, it kind of goes back to the craft beer type thing. You know, I, when I enjoy something and like I said, since I decided that I, I definitely never wanted to use alcohol as a means to an end, right? To get drunk or to escape reality. I wanted to use it as something that I can enjoy. And beer is kind of the same way, you know, and there's nothing wrong with someone who just enjoys a taste of Bud Light or just enjoys a taste of, you know, Michelob Ultra. Those are fine. But I prefer, you know, something smaller brewed, something that has what I feel has a little more love in it, we'll say, right? Something that, you know, is is uh, very specifically made. And whiskey's kind of the same way. You know, there's nothing wrong with Jack Daniels. And there's nothing wrong with Jim Beam or Wild Turkey or any of these bigger companies. But I, I typically like to go for some of these smaller, more intricate types of whiskeys. They, they typically have more of a specific flavor profile than kind of the, okay, this is something that everybody will enjoy flavor profile, if that makes sense. No, no, it absolutely does. And like for you, it's like it's a nice, enjoyable study moment where you get to just enjoy the whiskey. Sometimes you are alone. Sometimes you are friends. Uh, when it comes to actually learning more about the whiskey process, do you ever document the, like, let's say your research on whiskey, like, okay, this bottle was from this country or from this area, it was aged for this long. Yeah. Do you do any of those kind of like documentations? So before I ever buy a bottle of whiskey, I'll go to the store for a very specific bottle. Sometimes I'll call the store and ask them if they have it in stock first. And that's because I've done the research on a specific type of whiskey, a specific, you know, bottle I haven't tried yet. And so, you know, I'll hop on the internet and read about this company, read about their mission statement and go in and read reviews about it and and get the different tasting notes and nosing notes for them. And when I pick out one I like, I, you know, sometimes have to go to two to three, two or three different liquor stores to find the specific one that they have and get it. So what I typically do is I I actually collect all of my empty bottles and I kind of have them separated by, okay, this is really good. This is okay. Um, you know, I'll have some for like, okay, this is good for mixing drinks, but it's not really good for drinking by itself. And then I'll have the, okay, I didn't like these at all stack. And so, uh, I keep them all separated that way. So I know, you know, if I, if I'm reading about one and it says, okay, the, the flavor profile is similar to X and I say, okay, well, I know I had that whiskey before, but I can't remember if I enjoyed it or not. I'll go and I'll look, okay, X was in the really enjoyed this pile. So I probably will like that whiskey. I could just imagine you, you have them all lined up. You're like, all right, well, you know what? This week you go back. I didn't really enjoy you this week. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you, I don't know why, but I really enjoyed you. I'm going to move you up to the front. <laughs> you know, funny enough, there have been several that have moved around quite a few times. It's just, you know, the taste change. And actually speaking about taste, do you enjoy eating while you're enjoying your whiskey or are you just like having the whiskey by itself? It really depends. If I'm like having a whiskey with a meal, it's almost like wine. There's specific whiskeys that go better with certain meals. 
And um, like if I'm eating a steak or I'm eating a burger, something that's grilled, then I'll typically go for a smokier whiskey because it kind of accents the flavor of the steak and or the burger. So, you know, I'll go with a smokier bourbon or maybe a, a smoky PD type scotch. Um, whereas if, you know, I'm eating like pasta or something like that, then I would rather just drink water than whiskey because it does kind of interact with some flavors negatively. But no, if I'm just drinking it, you know, to to watch a movie and sip on a glass of whiskey, then there's specific types of whiskey that that are just nice, standalone, enjoyable whiskeys that um, that I've kind of singled out as well. Has it ever happened? Like you saw somebody recommend a specific weird food to have with your whiskey. And you're like, really? Should I have that? Really? That just enhances the taste? Or it's like they're all pretty much in the same line of food area. Well, you know, that same guy that I turned on to Scotch, he one time was talking about, I, I can't even remember the whiskey it was talking about, or he was, he was mentioning it, but he said, man, listen, if you're eating a bratwurst, try this whiskey. I said, <laughs> what? And he was like, yeah. He's like, if you're eating a sausage dog, man, eat, eat a bratwurst and try this kind of whiskey. And I was like, I don't think I want to go out and buy a <laughs> bottle of whiskey specifically so I can have it with bratwurst. So that, that was probably the strangest recommendation I've had. Now it has me wondering, did he figure that out by accident or did he read that somewhere else? I, if you knew this guy, you would, you would understand he's so off the wall. There's no telling. So wait, did you actually try it? I didn't know. <laughs> Does he know you didn't try it? I'm not sure. I, I probably told him I wasn't going to try that. <laughs> now he's listening to this episode. He's like, all right, yeah, Jesse's definitely going to try it now. I'm not giving him a choice yep. not to try it. <laughs> exactly. He's going to force me to eat bratwurst next time I go over to his house. And we were talking about Scotland, Ireland, and the US. Do you prefer domestic whiskey or more imported, whether it's scotch or any other whiskey from around the world? So my favorite type of scotch is a rye whiskey. So what differentiates the different types of whiskey is they, they have what's called a mash bill. And your mash bill is essentially what is comprised in the whiskey. So bourbon has to be 51% corn or more. Um, rye whiskey has to be 51% rye or more. And they have very distinctive flavors. So uh, a bourbon is typically a, a sweeter whiskey. Sometimes people say it has a cologne type taste if especially people who aren't very familiar with whiskeys um but bourbon's a little bit sweeter it's got um a little bit a little bit harsher of a bite i feel like um but that's bourbon it's it's the most popular whiskey in america rye was actually an older whiskey or i say an older whiskey it was more popular in like pre-prohibition time than bourbon even was but uh rye it is a more they they say it has a spicy taste but not spicy in the way that most people think like hot, like a pepper spicy, but spicy as in kind of like a um, like baking spices, if that makes sense. So almost a not doughy flavor, but almost kind of a bready type texture to it. But it also is is sharp. It's got a very sharp bite to it. But the alcohol for me, I don't feel like the al it has as much alcohol bite as bourbon. But that's just my personal preference. But rye is is definitely my my go to. And typically people say it's better for mixed drinks, but I just prefer the flavor of it. Scotch is really good, but you know, I could make this episode four hours long if we really <laughs> wanted to talk about all that. But each island in Scotland has a different flavor profile. Depending on what island the that scotch came from, really depends on if it's really smoky, um, if it's really peaty, it's got like an earthy flavor to it, or if it's a little more fruity and friendly. So um, I prefer the more mild um, scotches there. Funny enough, the bottle that I let that guy try was one of the most smoky, peaty, like mainstream scotches out there. I figured he wasn't going to like it, but he did. And that's what's funny is you can't go into 
trying different types of whiskey, assuming anything, because it really will surprise you. And when you when you're able to really read and some people say that there's you know some psychology behind it. But if you read the tasting notes and you read the nosing notes beforehand, then you go into it and you're going to always taste and smell that because you've read it. But um, typically they're they're pretty on the nose pun intended, I guess. Um, <laughs> they're pretty on the nose for uh, the tasting notes and nosing notes. So when you go in, and that's one of the things people don't do as well, and it sounds kind of pretentious, but if you really just nose a whiskey, if you if, and that doesn't mean stick your nose in it and take a big whiff, it might knock you out, but um, you know, just kind of take light sniffs of your whiskey, right? Or even like waft your hand over it to smell it. It opens up the palate and it allows you to taste more of the flavor rather than just the alcohol. So you don't get as much of a burn, you get a little more flavor with it. And speaking of which, what do you tend, I don't know if you do do this, but what do you do to cleanse the palate to just, when you try a different whiskey, if you're doing one of the whiskey testing trials per se? Typically what I'll do is, so I've set up like five different whiskeys before I actually did like a little challenge with my wife where she said, there's no way I can know all the different whiskeys that I have. <laughs> and I said, I, I know them, you know, and I, you know, set up five different glasses and I, and I was like, you pour the, whichever one's in the five different glasses and I'll be able to name them. Right. And, um, so doing that, you know, afterwards a taste typically, you know, people have their different methods they use, but honestly, for me, if I just take a, a mouthful of water and just swish it around a little bit, it, it works for me. You know, it's kind of like wine tasting. It's there, there's, there's tasting for anything, uh, not podcast tasting. That'd be weird. Only uh, anyways, I'm yeah. just, <laughs> just rumbling along. Now you're talking about that. You should definitely go in with an open mind because if you assume something, then you make an ass out of yourself and that's never good. Um, but this question, I don't know if it applies. You can say Alex is a horrible question, but I'll try to anyways. What are some <laughs> key elements you look for when you're testing a new whiskey and how do they get like the Jesse stamp of approval? So the first part of that question, throw it out the window because you have to keep an open mind. But let's say, what are some key things to make it like, you know what? Yes, I approve this whiskey. So for me personally, I like, I don't mind too much of an alcohol bite, kind of the ethanol bite, but I don't want one so overwhelming that it's obnoxious. Uh, so some people really like a very mild, low, you know, ethanol bite with their whiskey. So for me, that's not that big of a deal. For me, what I like is I like to be able to really taste the flavors that you, that they're shooting for. So sometimes you'll taste a whiskey and it's just very bland. Like certain bourbons, they just taste like a run-of-the-mill bourbon. It's just, you know, okay, it's kind of sweet. It's got the you know bite behind it. It's just kind of like 80 other different types of bourbons. I want one that I can taste their signature on it, if that makes sense. One that I can really feel the difference. What separates them from another whiskey? So I guess just it's kind of the same thing in craft beer, right? You can taste you can taste Bud Light and Coors Light and Michelob, and they all taste slightly different, but they're all very I don't want to say boring. That's the wrong word. They're all very mild flavors, right? But if you go and you try craft beer from like a craft brewery, it's going to have their stamp on it. And you're going to be able to taste that extra time and the extra effort that went into it. So that's kind of what does it for me with with whiskeys, being able to taste that the individualism of the specific whiskey. Has it ever happened to you that you drank with your boss or somebody else is really into whiskey and you both tasted something different for the exact same drink? Yes, actually. Uh, a buddy of mine is a huge bourbon guy. He He just swears up and down bourbon is the nectar of the gods. And, um, like I said, I like bourbon, but it's not my favorite, but I did probably my favorite all time whiskey is a bourbon. And I brought it over and I was excited to let him try it because I know how much he likes bourbon. And I'm telling you, this is like very few times do I taste a whiskey for the first time. And I'm like, that is phenomenal. Usually I'm like, okay, 
you know, the first taste is, you know, good. And then it takes a couple of more sips before you really get into it. But um, it's called Angels Envy. Also, I'm not sponsored. Um, <laughs> not but, yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. If you're listening to Angels Envy. No, it is. just It's a fantastic bourbon and it's finished in a port wine barrel. So um, it has a little bit extra of that wine sweetness to it. It just tastes great. And so I brought it over to his house and I was like, man, I'm super excited to let you try this. This is, you know, the best bourbon on planet Earth. It's probably not, but in my eyes it is. And so um, I let him try it and he just kind of made a face. And I'm like, what? He's like, I don't I don't like this. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is so good. You love bourbon. He's like, nah, I don't like something. Something's funky in the flavor. I'm like, maybe you're tasting the port wine. He's like, I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't like it. And it kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, this is this is the guy who like drinks bourbon religiously, not an alcoholic. But if he's going to drink any alcohol, it's going to be bourbon. And he didn't like what I feel is the best bourbon of all time. So, yeah, it's it's it is very subjective. The uh, the art of drinking whiskey. Yeah, because everybody's tongue has different t styles of taste buds and some are enhanced, some are different. So, yeah, th this is the one for you. Uh probably if I were to ever go on a whiskey adventure, I'd, you know, tag along with you and just like, "Hey, Jesse, this is good." And you're <laughs> like, "Yes, Alex, it's good. Go. Just go." Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I interviewed you for like an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. This is this is definitely good. Right. Speaking about traveling, uh so I'm up in Canada. First of all, actually, a random question. What would you say is the best Canadian whiskey? Oh. So it's hard to go wrong with, well, so about Canada whiskey, right? So I got to give a little caveat to that. So Canada whiskey is the term Canadian whiskey and rye whiskey is interchangeable. However, a Canadian whiskey can be made without any rye whatsoever. It's kind of a weird thing that is up with Canadian whiskey, but you know, I haven't tried a whole ton of Canadian whiskeys, but honestly, of all the ones I've tried, I think that Crown Royal just, it, they just hit it out of the park. It, it's a very easy to drink whiskey. Some people bash them for being a novelty whiskey because of all the different flavors they make. But in all reality, I mean, it's working. They're making millions, you know? They got the secret formula. They really do. And so back to the actual traveling aspect, is there anywhere in the world that you would love to go travel to go try some whiskey? Scotland, without a doubt. I would love to go to the different islands of Scotland and try their whiskeys. It's but because like I said, each island is so different in the way they make their whiskey. I would love to go and just kind of bounce around the islands and try the different whiskeys there at the actual distilleries and, and do that. But I, I really love Irish whiskey as well. And my family is Irish. So getting to go to Ireland would also be amazing. Just that whole area of Europe would be phenomenal. Do they have any one of those like uh, tour trips where you try every whiskey island? I'm not sure, but I hope so. Because me and my wife have already planned our big European vacation and that's that's where we plan to go. So I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to go there and, you know, if I have to island jump and do whatever, I'm, I'm going because I, I definitely have to go and, and actually see these distilleries and see these places. It's, it's something I'm passionate about. And speaking about this is all about traveling abroad. Have you ever gone to, let's say, a whiskey tasting event or just a whiskey event near you? I have. I've gone to a couple of whiskey tasting events and um, I haven't in a while, believe it or not. Actually, the last time, funny enough, I went to a, a whiskey tasting event was when I was pretty adamantly against whiskey. and it was. The friend that um, I told you I brought the angels in me to and didn't like, um, he dragged me along to one and was like, man, just come, you know, and and I went and there were a couple that I tasted. I'm like, OK, but, I, you know, it's not convincing me. But now I so wish I could go back in time and go to these whiskey tasting events, you know, knowing what I know now and, and be able to appreciate it. But unfortunately, you know, I, I, I got into this, like I said, um, the end of last year and just really have dove headfirst into it. 
and then COVID happened. So, you know, any type of whiskey tasting event, you know, they would have now has, has been X'd out. So I'm just waiting for everything to open back up and hopefully go, uh, go find one. And I'm pretty sure you can't really do a virtual whiskey event. It kind of defeats the purpose. Like, just just imagine the taste of this. Like, I can't. I can't. Just send it by <laughs> FedEx and then, you know, what? we'll just do it from there. <laughs> well, funny enough, me and uh, actually me and the two guys I've talked about um, and a couple of other friends have done Zoom calls where we have been sipping on whiskey and talking about the different types of whiskey. But that's about the extent of it. And well, so actually speaking about talking just about it, do you ever go back and learn the history? Like what was the first whiskey ever made? Did you ever learn that? So not that far back. I know, I know a little bit about American history, like Elijah Craig is still a very popular bourbon in America, and it is supposedly the first distillery in America. There's some controversy behind it. He was actually a, I think he was a Lutheran pastor and uh, like a traveling preacher, I believe. And he got his church to help him start distilling whiskey to help make some money. They claim to be the first distiller in America. But like I said, there's in the whiskey world, there's a little bit of dispute on that because there's some other um, whiskey that claimed that they were they were there first. But um, no, Elijah Craig is still out there. It's still a, a very popular whiskey. I'm not super keen on it. It's very, very strong. It's got a very strong bite to it. But um, but it's, it's like I said, it's still out there. So that's that was uh, that's supposedly, like I said, the first one. No, I don't know how much you know about rum, but apparently so my part, family is part Bayesian from Barbados. And my grandmother is saying, oh, Mount Gay rum, the oldest rum in the world. The first one ever. Is that correct or wrong? I don't I don't know much about rum. <laughs> I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Rums. Uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed rum in the past, but I'm, I'm not super familiar with rum, to be honest with you. So her statement is still true to this point until we disprove yep. it, if it is to be disproved. <laughs> exactly. No, this might be an odd question, but has it ever stressed you out? Just let's say you're trying to get a specific type of rum and sorry, not rum, whiskey. I see I have rum on my mind, <laughs> a specific type of whiskey, but you just weren't able, whether it was sold out or they just don't have it in the stores. Yes. Talking about Angel's Envy. So very few times have I bought a whiskey more than once. Not that I haven't enjoyed them. I'm just still in the very exploratory stage. So I'm, I'm going out and buying, you know, a bunch of different types to really nail down what I like. I can't remember. It, it's been a couple of months ago. Actually, it was right before COVID happened. I tried Angel's Envy. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is, you know, the, the bourbon I enjoy. So I tried a, a couple of different other types and I was just striking out one after another. Like, I'm just really not enjoying these ones I'm trying. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go and try to reset the button. I'm going to go get a, a bottle of Angel's Envy and, you know, just kind of get my whiskey tasting on the right track and, you know, get something that I know is a success. And I went to five different stores and all of them were sold out and I was super bummed. But because of it, I actually ended up, this was before I'd really dove into scotch. So because of that, I ended up buying my first scotch and it was a home run. So it ended up working out for me, but, but I wasn't happy at the time. And this is another odd question. It might be a very, I would say maybe a controversial question, like a thing that you do not do, or maybe people do it. Um, did you ever mix two whiskeys saying, I enjoy the taste of this. I'd like to see what it would taste and how it would react chemically to another whiskey and how it would taste. I have. Typically, I don't want to say it's it's bad. It's it, You kind of, one whiskey is going to have a little stronger of a flavor than the other. And it really depends on the different flavors that they have. So if you're mixing two bourbons together, it's kind of just going to taste like your run-of-the-mill bourbon. 
But if you mix like a whiskey and a scotch together, so I actually mixed a whiskey and an Irish whiskey together. And an Irish whiskey is very creamy. It's very smooth. It's, I would say it's probably the easiest just to drink straight for if someone's just getting into whiskey. Irish whiskey is very friendly. And I had a little bit of bourbon left in my glass. And I was wanting to try this Irish whiskey that I had bought. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's try it. And it was awful. It was so mm. bad. I will never do it again. <laughs> You're like, not in my lifetime. No. <laughs> no, it was, it, it just, it was an awful concoction. You wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And now for another tough question. What are some misconceptions about people who are whiskey enthusiasts? That's a good question. Um, I feel like the, the very obvious one is if you tell people that, hey, I really, really love whiskey. The automatic assumption is, well, they're an alcoholic and it's not true. It's like I said, I've, I've very I've taken a very hard stance against, you know, using it as coping mechanisms or using it as um, as a way to escape something. Um, and that's just like I said, because, you know, seeing what my father went through, I don't ever want to become dependent on something like that. So um, I'm very conscious about the amount I consume. I'll never you know, have more than like two or three glasses in a night. And typically, you know, if I have that many, I eat a big dinner. So uh, that's that's one. Another one is kind of the same thing with, you know, beer drinkers is that or, or the beer snobs. And the reason I say that is because some people think, you know, whiskey enthusiasts or beer enthusiasts are snobby. And they're the type of people like, oh, you drink Jack Daniels. You're such an amateur, you know, and it's not true. But the other side to that coin is there are some people like that. And if you are a person like that, you're just a jerk. People like what they like. Leave them alone. You know, I, I know some people who have tried hundreds of different kinds of whiskey and they're just like, I just really like the taste of wild turkey. And it kind of catches me off guard because I'm like, man, you've tried like some of the nicest, you know, fanciest whiskeys. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, it's there's a reason they're you know one of the most popular brands in America because it's just good whiskey. And, you know, same thing for Jack Daniels and Jim Beam, you know, some people just prefer it and, and that's completely okay. And it goes back to that idea that your taste buds are unique. So you, you don't always have to like the most expensive things. Your tongue will say, no, I do not, do not like that. I'm just going to go with the, the simpler things because simple can be beautiful. Exactly. It really can. And there's, you know, it, it's, I've told people before, you know, Jack Daniels and Jim Beam and some of these bigger companies, they didn't get so big by making crappy whiskey. You know, they got big because they made good whiskey. And yeah, maybe some of the quality has went down as as they've super mass produced it, but not so much that they're still not selling millions, if not billions of dollars of whiskey a year. You know, they're still selling crazy amounts. So they're doing something right. There are people that enjoy it. You know what? I'm not very picky when I try different alcohols. I, like, I'm not saying I'm an alcoholic. I barely drink, <laughs> but I'm I'm open minded. I like trying new things. It comes to food as well. Um, my wife says otherwise, but yes, I like to keep an open mind when it comes <laughs> to food. And I feel like I bring the same kind of energy when it comes to trying different drinks. And for you, what has being a whiskey enthusiast taught you in life? Kind of goes back to the previous point is everything in moderation. Um, it's very easy to jump headlong into something like drinking an alcohol, right? Especially a higher proof alcohol and to say, man, I'm going to jump headfirst into this and I'm just going to you know, oh, well, that glass was okay. Let me try another glass. Well, that glass was a little bit better. Let me try one more glass, you know, and easily become dependent, become addicted, become, you know, that with whiskey. And so I've really learned the moderation and it's tough because sometimes 
the old try whiskey that just really hits the spot. And it's like, man, I could really go for another glass of that whiskey, but I haven't eaten dinner yet. Or maybe I ate a light meal or, you know, something like that. I should probably not get another glass of whiskey. And you have to learn that self-control and you have to learn that that moderation. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to be drunk all the time and that doesn't help anybody. And when you're drunk, you don't really get to taste as much. <laughs> exactly. I, when, whenever you're drunk, every whiskey is the best whiskey you've ever had. <laughs> Even when it's a glass of water and t- your friend tells you it's whiskey. Oh my goodness. <laughs> exactly. Man, this is a really smooth whiskey. It comes straight from the tap. Whoa. <laughs> you must be so rich. Yep. Yep. It's tap whiskey. <laughs> yep. So what was your biggest challenge when you first started being a whiskey enthusiast, or I guess at the time, just enjoying whiskey, then becoming a whiskey enthusiast? I think the toughest challenge was honestly just getting over the kind of the the ethanol bite, the alcohol bite, and kind of getting over that that notion I already had in my head that I wasn't going to like this. I had to almost convince myself otherwise, like this can be something I can enjoy if I just give it a chance. I think that and the money, you know, whiskey's not not cheap and and you'll go and you'll read about one online and they just describe it and you're like, oh man, I just got to try this whiskey. And then you go out and all of a sudden it's, you know, an $85 bottle of whiskey and you're like, well, maybe I don't need to try it right now. And I can try it a little bit later. But um, that's probably the two biggest challenges, honestly, is, is, you know, or the two biggest challenges for me was being able to budget properly to uh, afford my hobby as well as um, just kind of getting over those, those, that dislike for it. So what you're telling me is that if there's somebody right now who produces whiskey that would like to donate some whiskey to you for testing purposes, you wouldn't say no, right? Oh, no. (laughs) So whoever's listening, you know, donations are open to Jesse because he's got a sharp palate and he's ready to test it for you. Free of charge. I will try (laughs) any (laughs) time. So you talked about how these were your challenges at first. You kind of like touch it as if it's still somewhat of a challenge because the price is still pretty expensive. So... Other than the price, what are your current biggest challenge? Yeah, probably still the the moderation aspect because I get bored, you know, sometimes. And especially, honestly, during the COVID, it's been even more difficult um, because, you know, there's a lot less going on. The, there's not the you know hustle and bustle of everyday life. I'm, I'm still teleworking. Um, the job, I'm, so I'm an analyst, so my job can be done from a computer, which means it can be done from home. So I've been locked in my home since March 15th. So... One, I guess the challenge is not day drinking because I've got three kids in the house and sometimes they make you want to drink <laughs> and, uh, you know, not getting bored with with what I already have and not taking the time to appreciate, you know, what I have. Because you hear people going on the Amazon splurges, you know, when they get bored and locked up, I go on the whiskey splurge like I can go out and buy these six different bottles and do a tasting tonight and, you know, three hundred dollars later. So uh, that's probably the biggest challenge. COVID is my biggest challenge right now. When you have all these whiskeys, do you ever, let's say, you look at the day, you're like, all right, well, this day feels like this, or we're going out for a picnic, or going out with friends just to hang out. Like, you're just reading the atmosphere, and you're like, this is the whiskey I'm going to try. Or you just go with a random whiskey, and you're just like, all right, this is, I'll see how this one tastes during the situation. I, I definitely try to read the environment, and even read the room. So, the house I live in is attached to another house. So I live on post here in um, in Alabama, and so we live in like a duplex house and the neighbors that we're attached to, they have neighbors on that they share a driveway with that they're good friends with. And we're all we're all good friends. And so we'll go over and socially distance, you know, hang out and I'll kind of even read the environment, read the mood that everyone's in. And because they all enjoy whiskey, too. And so if everybody's in kind of a, you know, a, a more 
hyped up, you know, feeling good kind of mood. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go and get, you know, something a little more light and, and friendly where if everybody's in kind of more of a chill, relaxed mood, um, I'm like, okay, we'll get something that's a little more slow sipping, something that's um, a, a little more for just sitting back and enjoying. So yeah, I definitely try to try to read my environment. I don't know why, while you were talking about that, I was just picturing that you, let's say at night with your friends or your neighbors, just have a campfire or like a fire pit and just have a fire. Like, I feel like it'd just be so relaxing because a fire is something is. you just watch and you enjoy and whiskey would be the perfect partner to fire. Just don't throw the whiskey into the fire. That is not a good combination. Mm. <laughs> no, you'll make the fire much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we like to say that we sit around and solve all the world's problems over whiskey. So that's what we, uh, that's what we do. You know what? Solving world's problems is a good thing. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> a lot of problems in the world and COVID apparently is one of the big ones. That is for sure. And uh, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Keep an open mind for one. Don't get turned off by the first whiskey you try because it's easy to get a whiskey that you just don't enjoy as your first one. It's easy to find ones that don't really fit what you're looking for. So budget and go out and try different kinds. There are there's actually uh, in the town I live in, there's a bourbon bar and um, it's attached to a restaurant, but you can go in and they don't even serve beer. They just serve nothing but whiskey. Right. And it's called a bourbon bar, but they serve all different types of whiskey. So look for those types of places. You can go and they, they serve them in Glen Cairns, which is like the official nosing and tasting glass for whiskey. And, um, you know, you go and just try, you know, try, find something you like. I'm not going to say there's a whiskey for everybody because some people just aren't going to like it. But there's a whiskey for most and do your research, you know, and, and when you see something as you're researching it, if you're like, you know what, I want something a little more friendly. I want something a little more creamy. Go out and try an Irish whiskey. If you're like, nah, I want something rough. I want something that's going to you know, punch me right in the mouth. Go out and get you a bourbon. So do your research, get out and try them and just have a good time with it. That's the main thing. Don't look at it as, okay, well, this is alcohol. This is a vice. This is something like that. Just look at it as something I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to try. I'm going to open a new experience to myself. And um, it's a good conversation starter. I don't know if this exists for whiskey, but I know they had those apps where you point your phone at a wine bottle. It'll tell you the wine bottle, bottle and give descri descriptions about it. Do they have that for whiskey? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I should know that, <laughs> but I'm I'm not sure. But honestly, my wife gets annoyed at me because we'll go to, you know, we'll go to a, a liquor store and I'll be in there for like an hour. Just I'll see a bottle. I'm like, that looks like a cool bottle. And then I'll just pull up the website on my phone. And I'll just read about this entire thing. I'm like, ah, no, nah, I don't want that one. I'll go, to the next. okay, well, that's a cool bottle. And so my wife would be like, all right, wrap it up. We got to go. We've been in here for an hour. So, but no, I need to look into that. They, hopefully they do have one. That would make my life a lot easier. <laughs> just picture like your wife, like pushing the grocery cart and you're just casually sneaking in two bottles and she told you one, just get one. Yep. But like, oh, but I want both. I said one, but well, one back. And you're just like grumpy. like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> I, I actually, that exact thing happened. My, her sister and brother-in-law, um, they came into town and he's, uh, he actually, he's a traveling welder and he does a lot of work up in Kentucky. And so he knows he's been to all the different distilleries and he knows all that whiskey. So when they came into town, I was excited because this is when I was first really into, you know, tasting the different whiskeys. So I'm like, man, me and him are going to go to the store and, you know, we're going to pick out something. And so we're in there and, you know, we're both grabbing a bourbon. And then I just happened to ask him like, Hey, have you had scotch before? He's like, no, I've never never really drank scotch. So I grabbed a <laughs> bottle of scotch and I get back and I 
I handed her the one bottle. I tried to slip the other <laughs> bottle in the backseat of our van. She's like, I see that. So, yeah, it's happened. I feel like it's a way, rite of passage for everybody. She's like, yeah, but I want to try both. because. <laughs> but mom. Yeah. Mom, what are you talking about? You're over 21. What are you saying this? Get it, get it yourself. <laughs> I know, that was pretty much a conversation. You're 30. You don't have to, you know, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And we talked about this at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, projects, or anything else at all that you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Yeah, for sure. So um, like I said, Manly Matters podcast, I'm just kind of getting started. I think I'm on episode seven now, but uh, it's been rolling. It's it's kind of caught me off guard at the, the reception I've got to it. And for any you know female listeners out there, it's not a boys club. It's not, you know, one of those we're going to beat our chests and, you know, grunt type uh, Manly podcast. Uh, one of the reasons I really got into it was for my daughter as well. You know, I wanted to you know, show her a good example of, hey, these are positive traits for men. And these are things to look for, you know, um, you know, assuming she's interested in men, I'm not going to, you know, assume <laughs> her sexuality, but, but, you know, you know, when you're looking for friends, when you're looking for potential mates, these are, these are the positive traits you should look for. And, you know, I should be doing that as a father and I try my best, but we're, all of us, we're always learning constantly and we should always strive to get better. So that's kind of the purpose behind the podcast. So check it out. But it's, um, it's Manly Matters. It's on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And the, uh, the social media is on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Manly Matters Media. Perfect. I'll put all that down in the description below so people can go check it out. And you know what? I'm going to show this podcast to my son once he's born and old enough to understand what a podcast is. <laughs> Are you expecting? <laughs> yes, October. So that's why. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to record enough episodes to last me a full year until October 2021. I'm only... 20 episodes away from achieving that goal. Oh, wow. Well, I'm, I'm rooting you on, man. I hope you, hope you get there and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'll come to you for advice because I feel like you have three and <laughs> then you have some wisdom to pass on. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to get there. That's the goal. And speaking about wisdom to pass on, well, actually, I don't know how this is a weird segue. Sure. Why not? Do you have any questions for me about being a whiskey enthusiast or just whiskey? What is your favorite whiskey? Do I sound lame if I say I like whiskey sour? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, you know what? That if I'm going to drink um, a mixed drink, and my wife's favorite drink is a uh, whiskey sour. If I'm going to drink a, a mixed drink, it's going to be either a whiskey sour or an old fashioned. So I'm right there with you. I think I'm like at the same stage as you were because I, I enjoyed beer not just for like consuming to get drunk, just like the taste. Mm -hmm. Like I like blueberry beer. I like the different like fruit flavored beers. I'm like, oh, cool, because I have a friend right. who actually had on this podcast who's a craft beer enthusiast. So it was only fair to have a whiskey enthusiast to sort of, you know, like balance it out. There you go. Yeah. I just like, uh, I like trying different things. So if I ever take a picture of a whiskey and send it to you, I like, I don't know, I was going to say 2 a.m., but <laughs> I don't know why I'd be sending something to you at, at 2 a.m. It's like, Alex, why? Why at 2 a.m.? If it's at 2 a.m., I'll probably either just send you a thumbs up or a thumbs down emoji. That's probably all you'll get. It's like a blurry one in the dark. It's like, what is that? It's a thumbs up, Alex. It's just, just shut up. Just get, get, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? Side question. Yeah. It's completely off topic. Do you like peanut butter? I love peanut butter. Okay. I'm going to tell you the first whiskey you need to go out and try, and it's relatively inexpensive. It's screwball whiskey. Screwball whiskey. Okay. I'm writing, I'm writing this down. It is a peanut butter whiskey. And I'm a big peanut butter fan. Like Reese's are my favorite junk food. I love peanut butter so much. And I, a buddy of mine told me about it. And I was like, I wonder where you can get it. And he's like, I don't know. And I just happened to be in actually this uh, store on post that they sell um, liquor as well. And I saw it. I'm like, you know, I got to try this. And so I got a bottle and it is, it is uh, something to behold. 
Is it good to have with peanut butter, like a peanut butter sandwich? <laughs> so I'll tell you how I made it. I made it with chocolate milk. So a white oh. Russian is just vodka and milk, right? So I took some chocolate milk and I mixed it with that peanut butter whiskey. And you had Reese's. Yeah. You had Reese's. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Reese's is my favorite as well. So <laughs> um, it's dangerous. I'll tell you that. It's dangerous in moderation, my friend. Exactly. Exactly. Moderation is the key word <laughs> of today. And you know what? I'm. I, you, you said peanut butter. I'm like, yes, yes. I, I don't care where this is going. You said peanut butter. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> it wasn't even about the you. alcohol. You said peanut butter. Like, yeah, yeah. What is it? It's a peanut butter <laughs> chair. Yep, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on and also sharing the peanut butter whiskey thing. That just was the cherry on top at the end. It was perfect. A great <laughs> finisher. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing all this information with me. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I wish you best of luck in your podcast and, and with the new son. Thank you. If you guys want to learn more about Jesse, you should go check him out. I'll put all the links down below in the description so you can just go show him some love, show him some support and just follow him on his journey. And also, you know, go give him a shout out. Listen to his new podcast. Seven episodes. By the time this comes out, it's going to be 700. I don't, that's a little, uh, that's a lot, but <laughs> that's some dedication right there, but it's going to be, there's going to be more and you can learn a lot more. It's very informative and very helpful and try to get rid of that male toxicity. See, I can't even say that word. Male toxicness. That's a tough one. Yes. <laughs> Tongue twister. <laughs> and uh, if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast and want, and want to leave a review, Hey, I'll accept it. It doesn't hurt. Also, if you want to show some more support, I sell merchandise on Redbubble and I also have a Patreon. But once again, these are all optional. You don't need to do these. If you want to listen to the podcast for free, it's there. You get to listen to some awesome piece, sorry, awesome people like Jesse. So yeah, once again, thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you for having me, brother. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.